the year is 2002. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. Variant cover. Hello, and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the podcast for Reading Club, where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. This is our t- final 2002 variant special. Today, we're going to be addressing some of the hottest items in the world of comics, as well as many listener questions, as provided via our spectacular listener club over at patreon.com slash Year. Best comics community in the game and it ain't close thanks everybody supporting us over at patreon.com slash my marvelous year i'm debusing founder and editor-in-chief of comicbookherald.com again today my marvelous year 2002 variant cover next episode we're going to be diving into the comics of 2003 which is a really interesting year in marvel comics i'm excited to start that off and share all that with you, but today first, Dave, can I introduce? Myself? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my god! Couldn't even. I was I was so close. I was you, so you have a close. Good one? I, well, I you know I just I don't want to embarrass you. You know, announcing my new title. I know it's a little awkward. Your new but... title. Yeah. You give um... you give yourself more titles than than Paul George gives himself nicknames, and I know neither of you are going to enjoy that, yeah, but a few of our listeners will. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm Zach Dean. Hi, I'm the uh, the CSO, Chief Scientific Officer of uh, Comic Book Herald. Oh. For the appointment. I take this responsibility seriously. CSO was wide open, I will say. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. even have to check with anyone. I just I took it. Yeah, there is very little science being applied. A little data science, I suppose you could say. Um, but that is, that's typically the Chief Analytics Officer. Um, Charlotte. You're kind of behind on the C-suite now. I guess you're the you're the CCO. You're the Chief Charlotte Officer, right? I Ooh, think we can just give you that right good. now. I yeah, mean, Chief, that's good. CFO. I, mean, I, f- I feel like I could be CEO. I've watched officer. I've watched my fair share of Succession. Like I I think I have what it takes. Ooh, if you you've seen it, I'm not caught up. I'm not. Ca- no, I, I haven't oh, watched it. Ne- a lick of season four. Session. Yeah, and somehow that's I've incredible. avoided all spoilers. Like I I'm not I, even which trying. is incredible. Yeah, yeah, because like I I got spoiled. The like sixteen hours after uh, last week's episode, Polygon was just like, "Yeah, here's what happened in our yeah. headline." Yeah, like yeah. the headline was just ruining it. Uh, it didn't. It didn't matter. But um, yeah, oh, yeah, you got to keep watching. Well, dude, I'm I'm still working my way through Poker Face. Um, okay. I'm I'm very. I you know what? I've been so into comics lately. Like like seriously, like the last few weeks, Humble I've just brag. wanted to. I've wanted to do nothing <laughs> but read comics and watch basketball. So my my TV watching is Ted Lasso and Poker Face, the shows I watch with my wife. Like I haven't mm, I haven't yeah. touched anything else. Um, so do we, are we just gonna maybe we should talk about like our our little personal TV shows <laughs> instead of watching anything a lot of you know related. soccer right? Women's soccer's back on the, yeah. the NWSL. We uh, we beat Chicago a couple weeks ago. I think I I think I already told you that, but just to make sure that that's clear, uh, we did defeat Chicago. Charlotte, what are you watching? 
I mean, succession. Uh, succession. I still need to watch the final episode of Poker Face. Like, I I watched all of it and I loved it, but I still haven't come around to, to watching the last one. I'm behind um, on that too. Yeah. Then, what else am I watching? I mean, we are. I mean, I'm watching like the current season of Succession, and we're we're also going back to season one with my roommate who has never seen it. Oh. So that's fun. Um, and then I'm watching uh, Dimension Twenty, the the um, RPG uh, show on on Dropouts by Kota Shima, yeah. which is really really fun. Uh, like I started a few months back and then didn't keep going, even though I loved it. Just have, didn't find the time, and um, I'm back on it, and it's it's incredibly fun. Um, yeah, makes very, me want to to go back and play play some more D and D because it's it's really really fun. Good, good. All right, let's get into our one topic, and then we'll do listener questions. Zach, <laughs> wrestling. It's wrestling. Zach, stop topic. it. Stop it. Right, what was the what was our one topic? I already forgot. You had something. Marvel move. Marvel uh, move. New app announcement that Marvel's putting out. It is a fitness app that's coming in. I think June. Um. I think, or maybe they just said like summer 2023. Yeah. Um, so the uh, the announcement is it's going to be uh, the only thing that really makes me interested in this is that it's a collaboration with the oh god what are they called six to something I can't remember it's the the company that makes zombies run, um, which is a running app that I use all the time so I have uh, I already have some experience with it. It's um, it's kind of like an audio drama mixed with a running app so you know you choose they have seasons of stories the zombies game you know they, they i think they're up to 10 seasons now and they're all connected and you start out and you're um like dropped into a um not commune a uh like a small town i guess like a gated community uh this and is you're no. There. It, you said it was six to something. It's six to socialism. Is that right? Six, you're six straight into a straight into a <laughs> yeah. commune with all <laughs> yes. your comrades. Okay. Um, you're you're in this town, and uh, they have runners. Is the like conceit in it that you know have to run out into the wider world to collect supplies, right? So that's the like conceit of it. And then like you meet characters, and uh, you have or send on different missions, and the world expands pretty quickly. It has like a pretty big ongoing story that builds out. It's I'm not a huge zombie guy. Like, the zombie media does not grab me, but this is really well done. They have some really big-name writers in it. Like, Mark- Margaret Atwood came in and wrote some for it. <laughs> Margaret Atwood? Margaret yeah. Atwood? Yeah. Holy uh, Amy Alderman is one of the creators of it, and she's she's um, probably best known for writing The Power, which is just got ad- adapted into a show. It's a book where um, women just have the power to blast people with electricity. Um, Dope. Yeah, and uh, it's really yeah, it's really well written. It's in, well and in, well integrated. So you put in your run, and you'll say like, "I want to run five miles," right? And then so it will space out like the five two minute little audio chapters that are part of that mission across those like five miles, or for however long you want to run. And then it will you know it will track your pace, it will track where you are if you want. Um, I don't really use it for that. And then there's a couple like little base building games you get on your phone, depending on how much you've been running. There's, there's a few other things, but yeah, it's it's basically like a fun audio drama that gets integrated into your running. Okay, um, and so they're the, going to be doing this Marvel move one. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I just I pulled up the PR here uh, for Marvel, and so this was shared about five days ago now. Uh, the Marvel Move mobile fitness program, and they're going to launch with a Thor and Loki Asgard 5K training. They're going to do Hulk, Hulkville, Daredevil, Terminal Degree, Doctor Strange, and Scarlet Witch, subtitle In Dreams. And then the one that absolutely 
hooked me in and will definitely be something I'm trying is X-Men Age of Orcus written by Teeny Howard, who's written uh, in the X-Men. That's that's the only comics creator name that I recognize here. Maybe I'm guessing yeah. some of these other writers have their own followings. Um, but that one definitely got my attention. It says it's a classic globetrotting X-Men style adventure alongside Wolverine, Storm, Jean Grey, and many more. So, Zach, important questions here. Mm-hmm. Is this how, how much do you have to pay? Is this a paid experience? A lot of folks yes. were asking me about this. Yeah, so Zombies Run is, but uh, it's like two to three dollars a month, and like I think totally worth it. Like it feels very, you know, you pick twenty. I think it's twenty dollars for a year, maybe something like that. Yeah, Marvel Move is more expensive. It's right now the like the early buy-in price is ninety dollars for two years, just forty-five dollars a year. And that's the only option. No, I'm sure you can pay like by the month, but I'm assuming it will be more than that since that's the like discounted early bird. Oh, oh, price. I see. So okay. like, yeah, I'm a little surprised that it's. I guess it's not surprising that it's going to be its own thing separate of Zombies Run because Zombies Run also when you subscribe you get access to like they have a Couch to 5K program which I did earlier this year. Um, they have like a ton of spinoff things that are not like the Zombies Run thing is like ten seasons like I I don't know three four hundred episodes that are all like one long ongoing story with the same characters in the same world and the same uh like locales and stuff and then they have a ton of little spin-offs that are like three to four episode um like run through ancient egypt uh you can run through the jungle of you know a jurassic park dinosaur thing or running you know on mars it's a mars mission they have a lot of like small little short story things that are like three to five missions long and that's kind of what the Marvel thing sounds like, which I yeah. think is actually a little disappointing because the strength of the Zombies Run thing is the ongoing story. Like, it's a really engaging, really, like, intriguing story where, like, every, most missions by the end of it, it, like, has a little nugget of a cliffhanger that leaves you wanting next time. Like, it gets emotional, weirdly. Like, I, I've definitely, like, out on my runs, like, teared up a few times uh, <laughs> from, like, yeah. <laughs> From, like, real pathos from the writing. Yeah. Um, I'm also slightly concerned that Marvel is just using them for their tech of, you know, the tracking and the story thing and not, like, leaning into their ability as writers and voice actors. Um, yeah. Because I've listened to a few clips and it's not the level of Zombies Run. But Yeah, you know, the teaser the, doesn't... The teaser like, the voices from the teaser don't sound that good. Or, mm-hmm. like, it sounds kind of corny. It's um, kind of like the calls from, like... Like a Marvel video game, like yeah, even yeah, like kind like of. Marvel I mean, it, to me, it reminded me of like the voice acting from the comics trailer that they they do once again yeah. for like upcoming comics. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, sound yeah. like kind of off and weird because they're not meant to be read out loud. Um, I don't know because like zombie, like zombie run, like running because you're being chased after by zombies. Yeah, that makes sense. Like or running for a mission through the jungle, that makes sense. What I like, I guess I'm just kind of struggling to see where superhero, where superheroes fit in that. Like how how you mesh that naturally within a superhero story. I mean, X Men, you're just being chased by Sentinels, right? Yeah, I'm I'm less worried about that because, like, like I said, with, I mean, they've been putting this out for a decade now with Zombies Run, with with ten seasons and like 400 episodes of it. Not every one of them is literally just like a zombies after you. You gotta go. Like, they find good rational. Rationale for you have to be, you know, moving around, going places. I mean, the zombies thing makes a little more sense because it's like a post-car society. So you do have to go everywhere on foot. But they find plenty of reason for you to have to be running around. So I'm I'm not, like, concerned with that. I just, I kind of hope the, I hope the quality is better than, like, 
the podcasts, I guess, uh, which I don't. Have I mean, you listened okay. to? Have, have either of you listened to Marvel podcasts? Because no, I not have, at length. No, because I, I never. I, I always drop off after the first episode because I'm like, eh. Yeah, fun. Charlotte, have you made? Have you listened to this? Nope, not at all. No. Okay, so I listened to the first season of Wolverine: The Long Night, which was written mm-hmm. by Ben Percy, who writes the Wolverine comic right now. Um, I've also listened to the first maybe half of Doctor Doom Wastelanders, uh, or no, what is it? Is it Doom? Maybe it's maybe I can't remember now. It's the one written by Mark Wade, um, and it's it's. I think there's like a there's a Hawkeye one, a Star Lord one. It's after all those. It's like okay. like I didn't follow that continuity. I just jumped in on this one. It's either Fantastic Four or Doom. I think maybe it's just Doom. Um, okay. and, no, it definitely is. And uh, anyway, I listened to like the first half of that. Um, they definitely leave something to be desired. I would not have criticized the voice acting. Like, I think generally they, or rather, at least in the Wolverine one, you know, they invested in a, a good Wolverine. Um, mm-hmm. I think the performances, at, compared to narrative podcasts that I have listened to, which is a not the longest list, I listened to, like, what was it, like, Limetown was big back in the day, and that uh, the Black Ghost tapes or something like that. Uh, it was, like, a scary one. Uh, Welcome to Night Vale, I guess, would be, like, my favorite. Um mm-hmm. That's a little different, yeah. but uh, but anyway, I I wouldn't have necessarily criticized on the performance front, with the exception of the Doom one, because Doctor Doom sounds like an old Western <laughs> guy, like he's not European <laughs> at all. He's like, Weird. "Hey, I'm Doctor Doom." It's like like I'm I'm seriously like I haven't listened in a minute, but that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> so like wow. I would criticize that uh, that choice. But uh, as far as the actual, I mean, it's written by Mark Wade. Like, it's it's a weird, wild, you know, old man Logan, post-apocalyptic, okay, well, human Valerie Richards say... story. Anyway, my point Wait, being, the podcasts yeah. aren't awful. Like, I don't love them. It's not my cup of tea. Um, yeah. But I, if you then applied that to a running app and I want to go for a run anyway, like, yeah, I might, I would, I would check that out. I'm, I'm less, because I'm, I'm not a big audio drama podcast guy. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't really love them, but I think the uh, the structure of the zombies run really works well because you'll be listening to your music, and it will be it, it's usually like each mission will be. Are you listening like to your eight. own music, or is it their sort of tense background or whatever? Yeah, you're listening. Okay. I mean, I think actually they have like a radio thing you can listen to if you want, but I've never done it. I'm usually listening to like an audio book or music. Oh, like a book, and it will just interesting. Yeah, and it just interrupts it, right? You'll just hear, and the, there's sound effects and stuff that come into play. Um, but yeah, it will just kind of fade in and your, your thing will fade out. It will fade in, but the, uh, it will be like, you know, eight to 10 minutes of audio drama, but it's split into these two little two minute chunks. And each one is like, you know, you'll have each mission will be its own arc with its own story. And then each little chapter or each little interruption will be its small story within that larger arc of the, uh, the whole mission. Yeah. And it's a really good structure for that. Like you just get these nice little morsels of like either a character beat or a plot progression or a little bit of world building. And I think having it like spaced out like that really like helps keep me engaged and like once gets me involved. Uh, you're saying like Mark Wade being involved, Teeny Howard, not saying that they would not be capable of writing this, but I think writing for an audio drama is very different than writing for a comic book. Sure. So I think like... I, I hope that Marvel is leaning on Zombies Run in their, like, decade of experience of writing for this specific format. Yeah. Um, and are not going to just, like, throw it to, you know, a few probably bigger name comic book writers, but ultimately probably a bunch of, like, freelance writers you haven't heard of. Um, 
because I think that will make all the difference. Like at, at this point, um, wait and see. Like it's gonna come out. I will subscribe for a month. I will definitely try it. Um, but I am, yeah, I, I'm certainly not going to subscribe for <laughs> two years. A, a two-year uh, commitment off the bat yeah, is yeah, that's is a really crazy. tall Zombies ask. Run, I do that now. I think I subscribe annually now when I'm sure. using it because, like, it's really good, and I know like their quality. Um, you know, and like, yeah, they, but like they, paying ninety nine dollars for an app, you have no idea if it's going to be any yeah. good. Is like, yeah, yeah. that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> so waiting. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. It's like on top of like uh, I was reading the what you get with that, and you get like one month of subscription to to Marvel Limited with that mm-hmm, and it's like mm-hmm. that's that's not enough to to make yeah. that uh, yeah that's 10 bucks yeah oh, and they do have i mean hopefully i'm being i'm slightly cynical or i'm not cynical i'm i'm worried i guess but like i hope it works cuz the zombies thing is really fun but you know a lot of people don't like zombie media the superheroes are really hot and they have tons of fun like the couch to 5k program is great help me like get back into running yeah um they have races that they do every year like they have like virtual 5ks and 10ks that you can sign up for and yeah they'll send you a little medal for it or a t-shirt or something um i wish we were i wish we were sponsored by them zach because i feel like you'd be selling a fair amount of sign up oh it's it's a great app i love it so like i definitely (laughs) it's a shame (laughs) i only have good things to say about it well i have two i have two follow-up questions uh number one does where does like where you are in the world traveling matter? A la like a Pokemon Go, like as far mm-hmm. as like no, okay, so it's just no. tracking mm-hmm. distance and it's all triggered based on your distance. And covered. You, yeah, you can have it track your location, like so that you get little maps of where you've been running, like heat maps, if you want. But I, I use my. Like, but you're not like hitting landmarks or trying to make certain no. mm-hmm. locations or anything. No. Okay, it has it does have a mode that I don't engage with because I'm not in good enough shape. Um, called like Zombie Chase or something, where every once in a while. Like, randomly, it will be like, oh, no, they're right on your tail, and you have to speed up, like, 10% for a minute. Uh, that's kind of cool. Away from them. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of cool. If, if you're trying to do, like, you know, um, what is interval training, like, that's nice. If you're trying I don't to really do it. In, somebody. In the, the, uh, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> trying to <laughs> looking, like, sweaty and scared. Uh, it would be <laughs> hilarious, you know, to, I'm just picturing Zach come running up my hill here towards my house and all of a sudden his face just goes oh, aghast no. <laughs> he yelps and yeah, just oh, starts you know booking it <laughs> i don't i don't i haven't done it in a while but uh, i have distinct memories of because i first used this app like three four years ago when i was running a bunch and i would run at night in my neighborhood I had, like, yeah. a very oh that sounds spooky and, and once in a while it would actually because they'll have you know like missions where you're running through the woods at night and you'll hear zombies like coming in of people like moaning right in your ear and it did like start to wake me out a little bit running at night alone so it's a it's a sex act too yeah it's yeah uh yeah you're silent during sex i'm up in my girl's ear like (laughs) 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 oh your poor wife (laughs) Um, okay that's amazing uh okay cool i you know i did uh i was i was biking you know doing my cycle kicking off the cycling training again and uh, I was getting chills listening to some Agatha Christie, right? You get that, you get that audio, you get in on it, and and you're you're just totally man. I I could have rode straight into traffic. I was so fixated on, and then there were none the other day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great book, but okay. I, I, so this sounds super interesting. My second question, Zach, was how often do you find yourself crab walking through like a neighbor's house, like like grabbing for screws and wrenches and things? Yeah, I am picking up the you know. Uh, supplies all i mean that is something that you do you like the longer you run you get supplies for the little base building game which i used yeah. to play but i don't anymore it's fine um 
Yeah, I have such whiplash while I'm running though because I go back and forth. I'm listening to uh, like a pretty dry audiobook about um, method acting, like the history of method acting starting back in like the 1800s in Russia, and uh, and then like jumping into you know this very silly, campy like zombie thing, and then like straight back into my you know nonfiction uh, acting book. And yeah, back and forth. And um, not not a lot yeah, of most of our listeners music. know that. <laughs> not a lot of our listeners know this, but you have been. You're Method actually this whole time. Yeah, you're actually tr- trying for a role um, mm-hmm. of a podcaster As who who podcaster. exclusively talks about something that they don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's don't feed, don't feed that narrative. <laughs> I don't need one more person. Well, that's the name of the movie. It's called Do "Don't Feed That it. Narrative," and uh, and you, and you've been method acting for about four years now. <laughs> God, what a, what a long con. He's actually she's actually uh, aiming to play Joe Rogan in the upcoming biopic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why you have to run. You have to get in shape. No, Joe Rogan. The difference between me and Joe Rogan is he he has an open mind about every. I mean, he's <laughs> he has an open like, mind. He has, he has an, an open sentence. mind to a fault, right? Like uh, that's that's his problem. I have less of an open mind. You're very. Close I, I like the yeah. best Joe description Rogan. I, I heard of him is uh, he's yeah he's just endlessly curious, but like a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Anyway, I was gonna uh, say the biggest difference between you and Joe is your head of hair. Uh, absolutely oh, luscious yeah, hair. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank yep. You. You're probably a lot taller than him too. I don't know. I don't know if he's tall. Is he a short guy? I'm imagining he's shorter than he lets on. Seems Five like the eight. type. It says says the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. This yeah. sounds interesting. Well, I'll report back when it comes out. I'm right. sure I'll get it for a month and then yeah. I'll report back. Yeah. I think I. You know. I, I'm. I, I have to do this X Men thing, right? So I'm, I'm going to have to do yeah, a month of yeah. that at least. Uh, so hopefully it's not. I mean. It, it, gotta be less than 10 bucks right like if this thing's like 15 bucks for a month or something i don't know like there's a certain price point where i'll be out of here if it's like seven bucks try a month i'll try it you know it'll probably be five i'm guessing five that that i could do that i could probably do before we before we go any further can i just point out a couple of really nice itunes reviews please lately we got we had a little rash of them coming in uh rickety row who's um red robot in our slack one of our longest running and sweetest uh Slack members always love seeing him pop up. Wrote a, a very long, nice review um, that calls out Charlotte, which is nice. The addition of superfan Charlotte to the host has sparked new, has added new sparks to the conversation, which are already top notch. Thank you, Rick. Oh, thank um, you. Someone named Not Bamf uh, wrote Top Comic Show, really nice, and Messy J twenty seven with the title Marvel Zombie, which I think is meaning if you're uh, feeling kind of sleepy and bored with Marvel comics, this will our podcast helps with that. Um, no, Marvel Zombie is somebody who, who's obsessed with Marvel. Oh, is that is that the joke? Okay, so it's like sure it's it. like they just show up every Wednesday, and do it like without thinking. Like that's Marvel yeah. Zombie. Oh, I, yeah. I appreciate the review, Messy J twenty seven. Is that what the review said? Just just uh, Marvel Zombie? No, no, that was the title. Then it was oh. like <laughs> something about like you know uh, if you've ever read. I just closed it, but like have you ever been turned off by all the cheesy dialogue reading sixties comics? Well, this podcast mm, mm. well thank you all that's incredible yeah, nice. yeah it was very you. nice yeah. yeah i think we just have about i think we need about four million more of you to do that so we can catch <laughs> call her daddy um oh God, yeah we're we're closing the gap though we're closing the gap i'm pretty sure yeah we're, yeah. we're narrowing in i think charlotte has helped a lot uh with all the french votes we've been getting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. I, 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 no, <laughs> let's looked, check I've out looked. the french version of uh, apple podcast and see there's like one review from three years ago we're huge in france it's incredible. Yep, yeah. we, we can break it down like the statistics, the listener statistics of where they're from, and uh, f- 
Well, France is... And this A doesn't stand for France. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, about 1% of our total Ooh, have come from we're France. the 1%. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you want to well, be. Well, not quite, actually. It's something like 0.6%. Well, I'll take, I'll take the 1.6%. Yeah, even more exclusive. No, no not 1.6. Yeah, sorry. The, I'll take the 0.6%. The <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's even worse. Listener Dave, questions. Yeah, give me some questions, Dave. Charlotte, starting with you. This is from Carlton. He asks, if you were a Disney executive, how would you handle the recasting of Kang? So we're presuming here oh <laughs> that Jonathan Majors post well, just let's, before we ap- get into that. Let's, okay, let's sure. Give some context. In. Yeah. Let's all let's all give our verdict on Jonathan Majors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And how we and how guilty we think he is. Probably. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it's so every it's, it's every indication, you know? every yeah. report. So like John, like I don't I don't know that any actor had like more shine on their name this year than Jonathan Majors. I mean, Creed three. Quantumania, sure. right? It was just, it was looking yeah. incredible. Seemed like this universally beloved celebrity on the rise. Obviously, a huge part of Marvel's MCU plans, right? As Kang is this primary villain going to a Kang dynasty. Um, and then this news report hit like a ton of bricks that he'd been arrested for alleged domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And every report since has gotten worse. And worse and worse. Yeah, because it, it kind of was like afterwards. It was like, well, maybe you know. I mean, his lawyers were being like, no, this is a misunderstanding. It will be cleared up really soon. We're confident. It was like, okay, well, you know, I could see a world in which maybe the police mistakenly arrested a black man during a, <laughs> you know, like in unrelated call or something. Uh, but no, it's it's kind of seeming worse. I was willing like, to to wait and yeah. and you know let's let's. I get mean, a I, more. I still am, but like. Uh, less and less so. His, yeah, less and less yeah, it's, so. It's, it's uh, getting... I mean, they share. The lawyer shared a text from the woman who was allegedly strangled and beaten, and the te- uh-huh. and it was supposed to be like exonerating Mr. Majors, and it it made things way worse in my view. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I I honestly I don't I don't. Did really you read that? Like... I did. I did. Yeah, well, but I, I don't know if we like. Anyway, honestly, I think yes. We, you know, no, I don't, I don't actually want to do the verdict thing. I'm just saying it looks yeah. very bad. I'm Everyone. Not everyone, but a lot of agencies and whatnot associated with him are dropping him, yeah. right? And the yeah. the big question and kind of the presumption is, will Disney do the same for Kang? But I, I do want to prioritize here and say, like, this was a lot of people's, like, first question, you know, is, like, what does it mean for Kang? <laughs> My first question yeah. is, yeah. is that woman okay? Like, like yeah. we need to prioritize sure. human beings in these situations over like kang like like for goodness yeah. sakes everyone yeah even now even now it's like this guy's a problem seemingly there's a history of hurt people let's take care of them first before we worry about flipping kang the conqueror okay um yeah carlton <laughs> out carlton this is the, the carlton call out no and on that is, note who should this, be king this is about <laughs> social media <laughs> now let's talk about it no but it is it is i mean there's a there's a major trickle down oh i'm sure i'm sure twitter was full of like casting speculation the day this immediately that's what grossed me out that's what that's what i'm talking about in terms of this being gross i think at this point we're months down the road i mean it seems like it seems very likely that a recasting is in order so with all that backdrop um do we want to start debating Ezra Miller versus Jonathan Majors first? I was or just do we... talking. <laughs> sorry, I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. Uh, yeah. a friend over, and uh, 
and I was like, you know what? What if they just cast a white guy? (laughs) Can you imagine? That would be, (laughs) yeah, that would blow up. That the, just the the thought that they would do that made me really laugh. Like if they announced a new casting and they were just like, "Yeah, it's a, uh, I, I don't know, uh, yeah, whatever." If if it was it, the thing uh, actually, because I was thinking like it's it's a little bit of a shame they've burned through a couple of the like pretty good like the best uh, like black character not character actors but like Daniel Kaluuya uh, I think actually would kill this role. I think he has a huge range. And is like really exciting, uh, you know. And he's already been in uh, the first Black yeah. Panther, and I think is done with the MCU, basically. Yeah. Um, same with um, Winston Duke in the Black Panther movies. Uh, sure, I I don't doubt for a I, second I that there Duke, are options. Is... There are oh, good I'm options sure. that yeah. we might not know yet. Okay, okay, I we I tried to throw this to Charlotte, and then we completely derailed it. Charlotte, please, what what are your first <laughs> thoughts on handling this recasting? Let's go, Jeremy Strong from Succession. Let's go. No, no, <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> I mean, I he would invent time travel to do it. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good, though. Like he would probably. Yeah, I know, thing, I know, but I don't yeah. think that should be the. <laughs> wow. I like, I don't have like a casting to, it, to replace in this. It. In twenty twenty three, isn't casting a white man the brave choice? You've made Stop this it. joke once every twenty. Stop episodes. it. Let's move on. <laughs> Sorry, Thank sorry. you, Charlotte. <laughs> Shut that down. You, no, no. Let's let's focus less on who would you cast and, no, no, yeah. and the broader question I mean, of how would you handle it. So his like Kang is a multiverse character. Like I think like that's one of the easy characters to recast if you need yes. to. Like just alternate universe. See that version has a different face. And honestly, like to to kind of zoom out of uh, of specifically the Jonathan Major situation. Like I think overall. I like to see as the MCU goes full in in multiverse stuff. I like to see more different actors playing the same character. Like we saw that in Loki. Like basically every Loki was a different character. Yeah. In Spider Man No Way Home, that was the case. I like to see more of that. Like I don't want to see all Doctor Strange's be Benedict Cumberbatch. Like I'd love to see different actors play those roles. Like right. that's that's f- more fun to me. Like I, I think one of the reasons I didn't like the post credits of uh, of uh, Spider Man The Wasp: Quantumania, it's just like it's just a full like I mean, it looked terrible but also like it's just all Jonathan Majors like they all look the same mm-hmm. they're all like I don't know more more variety give a chance to to several actors uh, like go full in on the potential of the multiverse as like just an artistic idea not just like a, a way of doing corporate crossover crosso- crossovers yeah um yeah like I honestly like even if it's just like a full team of Kang and there are like three to four different actors playing different versions of Kangs. Do that. That sounds fun. That sounds way more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like mm-hmm. I, there could be one one actor playing Kang and Loki and another actor playing another Kang in the, the Kang Dynasty movie. Like that sounds more fun to me in a way. Um, I mean, it, so, it's, it's a balancing act for that idea of, you know, making sure you're not confusing the audiences. Of, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, but I think, like, at the same people time, people are yeah, used think, to the idea of multiverse by now. I feel. I, I think so. I think I think they could pull it off. And I think, actually, I, I hadn't thought about that before. But that idea lends itself to then like having more secret reveals of like, oh no, they're secretly a king. This person, yeah, you know, has been here all. That's kind of cool. That's, that's <laughs> you know what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have an idea for Kang recast. It's just Don Cheadle, and he just does this scene from Iron Man Two. It's like it's me. It's fine. We don't have to talk about it. Let's move yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be good. Oh, Don Cheadle, this whole time has been a, a king plan. Everyone thought he was a scroll, but no, he's a king. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then everybody looking back is like, oh yeah, he did look different. <laughs> he did used to look like Terrence Howard. Um, yeah. No, they've recast oh, before. 
everyone moved on. It was fine. Uh, they'll do it again here, and it'll be fine. I, I really like the idea you're saying. I mean, I think even narratively, it's not that hard to, no, to yeah. figure this out. Because this version is is talked about as a rogue, unique agent amongst the Kangs, right? He seemingly dies at the end of the very terrible quantum mania. So you well, already have that out. The, only, the Probably the hardest thing to shake is that end credits scene. But guess what? That's a post credit scene. Well, <laughs> and, and, you can, and Loki just, no, you don't have to. Like, don't he, even have to justify it. You can just do it. It's fine. I think that that's problem what I'm right yeah. now is. Yeah. I think that problem yeah. right now is Loki season two, which is already filmed and has him in a very significant role. I'm guessing that's probably um, the. Har- is that that hard though? Like I, it probably is. You know, I mean, but he's it's like be main character, right? In, in I, that season. Yeah, but like the way they shoot these things, you know, it's like we're Tom Hiddleston and Jonathan Majors even in the same room. For more than like a day, yeah. like how much reshooting do you even have to do, really, to to edit Honestly, them out? I I, no it idea. might look weird. I, that one, I'm sure that yeah, one they just is. Got to get Tignataro in there to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right, over. exactly. No, I don't know. If you, like, if you're listening, if you're the director and the storytellers of Loki season two, I mean, it sucks, obviously, right? You know, to like, like it sucks the most for the women that have been hurt. Let's reiterate that again. Um, but certainly, the storytellers, it would be like very hard to figure out what to do now. Uh, I feel like it's solvable, though. You yeah, know, of course. I think mean, I think they just swap them, swap them for some. Yeah, let, let's just people, throw people three up. different Batman in there to to make you forget about the problem. Yeah, I yeah, I like, like Charlotte's multiverse by committee yeah, approach funny, probably yeah. the most, as opposed to one singular recast. I do. Okay, I have one that. before. I, I think we've talked it out, uh, but I do have one more casting idea. If we are just going to have one more one person replace um, replace Miss Kang, and that's Brie Larson, has been a Kang okay, this whole time. <laughs> No, I just think she plays both roles. <laughs> you know, I just saw Brie in uh, in Kong Skull Island, mm-hmm. which I which I made my wife watch with me on my birthday. Cool. And big birthday flex, making her watch a gorilla movie. <laughs> and, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> uh, and and I had to ask the question: Is Brie Larson that good? Or and, and my wife was like, "Oh no, she's great. I've seen her in things that aren't, uh, you know, big blockbuster movies, right? And she's yeah. quite good." Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But she was fine in that. You know who who really is a letdown in that movie? Tom Hiddleston, like like really trying to sell him as like the guy, you know, mm-hmm. as the star. He ain't the star. He, he's a little he's a little snaky. He needs to be like somewhere in a role where he can do that a little bit. Real good Loki. Real good Loki. Yeah. Not a leading man, and that's fine. Not everybody needs to be. Yeah, I'm trying to, to think of Midnight in Paris. He's he's a little eh. In but, but yeah, Brie Larson is good in um is it Short Term Twelve? She's very good. That's kind of a serious movie. Director of Shang-Chi um, did that one. Did you see the trailer for American Born Chinese? Nope. Uh-uh. I, I've seen, like, not the, the most recent one, but, like, earlier ones. Brie Larson? Looks... Brie Larson in it? No, no. <laughs> no, it's it's Scarlett Johansson as the American Born Chinese. Um, <laughs> Boy. <all right. laughs> no, it's, uh, no, it's the director of Shang-Chi is doing the Jean Lu and Yang American Born Chinese. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, boy almighty... Do they Disney-fy <laughs> what is well, a wonderful you graphic novel? Adapt American Born Chinese is the thing. Like it's like it's a, it's such a it works in the comic medium and nowhere else. I yeah, feel like no, no like, that's I, not. I'm not surprised that it's... it happened. You're right. It's my 28th favorite graphic novel of all time. Okay, um, I have it ranked incredibly high. Yeah. Did you, wait, American Born Chinese. Did you, do you have that list in front of you, or did you just 
Did you know that? No, I just pulled it up. (laughs) Okay, thank God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The the ego, if you were, (laughs) if you had that memorized. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Okay. Um, It changes too often. Otherwise, maybe I would. Uh, But no, it's just, man, that trailer, I was like, oh, wow. Like, no, they're just, what I thought was very funny about it was they're like from the director of shang chi and then you watch it and it's like oh and from the plot of shang chi as well apparently <laughs> <laughs> like, i mean honestly like they're just doing like chinese percy jackson with like the names of characters from american born chinese mm-hmm. which is, i think it's fine like i'm sure they can tell a fun a fun teenage fancy story but like it won't have oh, man, barely I anything love... to do with american born chinese i love a teenage fancy story <laughs> What does that mean, Charlie? Fancy. Fantasy. Fantasy. Oh, I heard fancy stuff. They're just doing a teenage fancy story. <laughs> Listen, fancy little teenagers running around in a fantasy world is mm-hmm. always a good time. Listen, I hope it I hope it does well for the sake of selling copies of American Born Chinese, right? And Jean Lu and Yang. Mm-hmm. Um, all for that. Absolutely love it. But it is one of these things where I'm just increased. And it's not, I'm not just picking on American Born Chinese here when I say this. Like, when I see a trailer for a comic book thing now or see an announcement, it, I'm just a hundred percent like just go by read the grip the comic please like it, you ha- it has to better. be more than just an adaptation at this point there has to be something like it has to sell it on its own and I guess that's what this is trying to do right it's like yeah, we're doing a different thing which I actually yeah. kind of like am arguing for so I, I'm a bit of a hypocrite in that sense right because every time I see it change things I'm like what is this and then I argue for changing it um so yeah there's some hypocrisy there I suppose Got any more questions for us, Dave? Nope. Just want to talk about my own thoughts on trailers I've seen. Uh, let's see. Ryan asks, <laughs> what are you most looking forward to covering for the club? What are you least looking forward to covering? Oh, is that the end of the question? Yep. That's all that was there. That was weird. <laughs> Funny, yeah. A little bit more. Yeah, maybe we'll come back for the part two of that question. Mm. Charlotte, do you have anything you're particularly excited for? I mean... Wait, okay. Jonathan right, Hickman. Do we're, I think we're all read. excited for okay. Jonathan Hickman. Like, that we've okay. talked about it. Have, have you read that stuff? Have you read, like, the Hickman era? I've, I haven't read the FF stuff, but I've read the Avenger stuff. Okay. I've read none of it, so, like, uh, yeah. That'd be fun to, to do a first time on some of those for you. Yeah. Um, um, stuff. I'm, I'm, oh, sorry. Dave, go on. No, no, Charlotte, what are you least looking forward to reading? Yeah, I was thinking, like, I don't know if I have a specific answer for that. Um, what am I least looking for? If, if, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, what about like Civil War or like, um, I mean, I guess like, but trying to think more, of like, I've Civil already War read and I'm <laughs> way down the road. <laughs> yeah, Civil War 2, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, boring events, I guess, but like, that's true for all. I think of getting the, stuck in an events yeah. log is yeah. maybe the thing I'm most nervous about because Messiah War, Messiah War is okay. I mean, because yeah. we get stuck <laughs> in. Yeah, I mean, because, like, I don't know, that's the whole point of the, the club, though, is, like, I'm curating and, and divvying this up so that we're reading stuff that is generally decent. You know what I'm actually least looking forward to reading is is next year, is this, this 2003, and it's only on the list because of our valued patrons in the Slack are making us read Marvel 1602. Mm-hmm. And I had, I was not going to include this. I don't want to reread it. <laughs> and we're going to include it, and I'm really not looking forward to it. It's that is that's my pick, actually. I really liked it when I was like 18. Okay. That's the I, last time I read didn't, it. and I liked everything when I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I and Neil Gaiman has admitted in the opening to the trade that he only wrote it to get some royalties to pay off this lawsuit he had against Todd McFarlane for all the Spawn <laughs> Angela stuff. That's good. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I have good answers, or good answers. I have some answers for all these. Wow, um, it's the ego on this guy. <laughs> I've got some really exciting answers that everyone's going to be... Let's hear them, baby. So jazzed to hear. Um, some creators just that I know about and have never really dug into their work at all. So um, I think actually some Captain America writers. So both Rick Remender, um, all their Marvel work I'm mm. very excited to get to, and um, the... Ed Brubaker, Captain America stuff, and everything else Ooh, yeah. Ed Brubaker Man. does. You haven't read well that before? As... I've never read it. Uh-uh. I yeah, just read either. Captain and... America number 35 for my 35th birthday. I like to okay. read some, some favorite 35th issues. Uh-huh. That's extremely strange. That run is that run is going to hold up, baby. That run is going to hold up. I'm psyched. Yeah. Um, that and then uh, like getting into the Jason Aaron era of stuff. Uh, okay. R.I.P. R.I.P. to the Jason Arrow stuff. It, wait, uh, did he die? Well, his work did, circa 2019. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm I'm both really looking forward to some Jason Aaron stuff and not looking forward at all to some Jason Aaron stuff. It's a, it's a solid deck. Really? Did, did solid it, deck. Okay, because I know, like, you know, I, I've read some of his Wolverine. It's kind of fun. Um, wait, so what? when did he, did he, like, really fall off with something? I yeah, mean, eventually. 2018. Oh, okay. Interesting. I didn't know that. Um yeah, I really like that. I mean, that Thor stuff is incredible. Yeah, so, that'll be fun. At least what I've read of it, which is probably about half the run. Uh, stuff I'm not excited about. Uh, I See, I'm excited for all these events, even if I know they kind of have an iffy reputation, like Civil War, House of M, because I've never touched them before. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I'm just, cur- you know, I'm curious. I kind of want to be on the, you know, the inside of those. So even if they don't have a great rep, uh, the probably what I'm least looking forward to is Dan Slott. Oh, uh, I don't know if that's fair, but his Spider-Man She-Hulk stuff, I am I'm not excited about. I've read a little bit of his She-Hulk. I just kind of know his reputation. I know him on Twitter, <laughs> which is a big part of it. Uh, I'd like and, to know uh, him better, but he blocked me for reasons I do not understand. <laughs> yeah. his, his his She-Hulk stuff, I've read like the first few arcs and was pretty uh, yeah on it. Uh, okay, and I, I am Spider-Man. I am a superior. Ever. I am a superior Spider-Man defender. Okay. Yeah, um, it's, I really love Superior Spider-Man and nothing else I've read of him. You know what, though? The Spidey stuff leading up to that. The Spidey stuff yeah, leading up to that, I, I have know. warm memories of, you know, warmish. Okay, those are good picks. Um hid memories. L- related question that Carlton followed up with is, are there any comics from previous years you all re- really regret not covering? Um, my answer is an obvious no. Hmm. How dare you? But yeah, do either sure. of you have any any thoughts on that matter? Hmm, that's interesting. Um, huh. I, I don't think so. I, I mean, there's stuff where, like, I like the run enough that I wanted to keep digging into it, but, like, nothing where I felt like this is a hugely underrepresented run on the list or anything. So, no. Dave, good job. Yeah. Good list. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there, I, I remember there being a thing or two where patrons suggested stuff, and I was, like, surprised I didn't have it. I can't... There's one in particular that I... I I was remember being like totally shocked that I hadn't included it like I meant to yeah. and then I didn't for some reason but I think we covered it by virtue of of a patron recommending it so uh, I think we're pretty good on that front Zach what's your favorite wrestling match you've seen during your right, 90s so binge watch this is a question from Ryan I want to be clear this is not a question that I am interested in please thank continue. you Ryan been watching wrestling from I started at the be- September 1995 at the beginning of I think it's ww wcw monday nitro uh is the beginning where i'm jumping in it's uh 
and so I'm just kind of watching from there, just WCW and WWF, WWE now. Uh, the thing that I'm in the weeds of right now is the Hulk Hogan uh, rivalry with the Dungeon of Doom, specifically the Giant, who is the big show. People might know him from later. Oh, um, okay. You know, Didn't know his origins. Yeah, so the funny thing they're doing now in 95 is they're pretending that he's Andre the Giant's son. So Hulk Hogan <laughs> keeps... It's one of the wildest, like, just lies that they're telling. Yeah. Hulk Hogan keeps, you know, talking to him and just being like, I beat your dad in 1987 in, you know, oh, the Ohio Stadium, and I'm going to kick your ass, too. Like, it's like, it's not his dad. Andre the Giant, like, had one daughter, I think. <laughs> so they just keep lying about that. Have you um, read Andre the Giant by Box Brown? I have not. Mm-mm. I think you should read it since you're in this wrestling bench. I'd be curious your thoughts. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just starting to dip my toes in, so I'll, I'll probably start digging into stuff once I, you know, have a little more context. But the, the here, here's one moment that happened. At the end of, I think it's SummerSlam, a pay-per-view in September, the Dungeon of Doom, which is like a heel group that the Giant is in, Big Show, comes in and, you know, cheap tactics, knock out Hulk Hogan, and the Giant... It ends with the giant snapping Hulk Hogan's neck. Oh, <laughs> and like, and they go, they are like, "Sorry, fans, we got to, you know, we got to end the stream, but we sure hope Hulk Hogan's okay." As he's like laying on the ground twitching, and then the next time we see him, a few weeks later, he has a neck brace on, and he comes out to the ring, and they're like, "The giant's not here." The Dungeon of Doom. He's like calling out for them, and he's like, "You know, uh, I'm only here for all the little Hulksters out in the crowd, and like, I'm here to support them. Like, the giant didn't just hurt me." He heard all the little hulksters, and then he runs out to the crowd around the ring, and he's, like, giving everyone high fives. Yeah. And then a little old lady comes up <laughs> and throws chalk in his face. And then it's, <laughs> it's the, the leader of the Dungeon of Doom, the Taskmaster, yeah. who's, like, in a shawl and a cane, and then starts beating him with a cane. Yeah. Uh, the giant comes out of nowhere, rips off Hulk Hogan's neck, neck brace, and then breaks his neck again. <laughs> <laughs> At which point Hulk Hogan's laying on the ground like a mobile, yeah. and then the Taskmaster comes up and shaves off his mustache. Oh, uh, that's brutal. Oh, wow. Which is brutal. And then the next time we see him, it's so good. I, this is the stuff I live for. The next time we see Hulk Hogan, it's the first time ever he's not wearing his classic yellow and red. He comes out in all black, apparently for mourning his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and he does, he does say, and he's wearing a black neck brace, which is really good. Yeah. Uh, and he compares the shaving of his mustache to the burning of the American flag, <laughs> which is great. Uh, and and he's like, you know, the giant better come out right now, brother, because I'm ready for him. And the uh, mean Gene, the announcer guy, is like, Hulk, we can't do that. There's a restra- We have a restraining order against him. Cut yeah. to the giant's monster truck pulling up with all these police chasing him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're trying to frame it as like, you know. Yeah. This is not wrestling. He's a, he's assaulting this man. Like this is a criminal activity. This guy is such a bad guy that him hurting Hulk in the ring is is crime. <laughs> it's it's so much fun. So it's all built up to the Halloween Havoc pay per view <laughs> at the end of October, and I'm so jazzed for it. So. Oh man! Okay, this, I have this is a amazing. question. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. listen, I know nothing. I mean, I know next to nothing about wrestling. Like it's not a part of French culture at all. So yeah. like I only know it from Americans talking about it. Is wrestling a sport? ish like it, yeah there's a lot i mean there's that you know who's gonna win they know like it's Corey. yeah like ahead it's of time, right? theater so, like, right so I, I i wouldn't call it a sport but it is very like i mean there's so it's much performance, like, athleticism it's very physical yeah, yeah i certainly. mean i guess i'd, I'd compare it to but like, like they're not performance competing, like ballet really? right like 
Or like I the mean, people I'm competing, the characters are, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. Like they know who's going to win, right? Yeah. Like, they're, there they're is there is actual sport wrestling. Not that. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Is, we know that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking like yeah. WWE wrestling, I guess. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah, professional wrestling is not really a competition. Like, you know, there's not yeah. a. The outcome is predetermined, but like the you know the the talent of what they're doing, like it's it's very impressive. We're trying um, to think like why why is it only wrestling? Like why couldn't the same thing exist for like I don't know football or like golf? <laughs> I mean, it's kind like, of the created... Harlem Globetrotters thing in basketball, you know, where sure. it's like yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's part show, part sport. Okay, you know, definitely, and and those are if you if, like I've been to a Globetrotters game, they're really fun. Um, yeah. but yeah, they yeah, also they can do incredible athletic things as well yeah, right? right you know yeah. it's not fake per se in that regard. Yeah, yeah um but yeah like I, I feel like baseball is like inching closer to this <laughs> like as it <laughs> as its popularity wanes like that we might not be that far off honestly okay yeah <laughs> nice. yeah uh question from jenna b she asks i'm currently reading through the comics from 1990 1988 and I'm really not looking forward to the 90s. I've only ever heard negative things. Is it as bad as people say? If so, what from that era gives the best bang for your buck? So we've talked about this a, a couple times. Um, I think we'll just address it again here. It is definitely my least favorite decade of comics that we've read in the My Marvelous Year Club. That said, the MMY approach of not reading through the slog of everything will make it if not enjoyable, at least tenable, <laughs> and frequently yeah. enjoyable, I think. Um, there's some decent stuff in there. For there's, there's some genuinely very good stuff as well. I think, and I do just, we say, I've said this before, but, like, the idea that 90s comics are bad belies all the really great comics that came out in the 90s. Marvel Comics, as an enterprise and as a publisher, has a rough decade. If we go broader into comics... Like, we're talking about Sandman. We're talking about Bone. We're talking about Spawn, baby. <laughs> like, there's a lot of good comics that came out in the 90s. Um, Marvel starts the decade pretty well. I would say by the time you get... Once you get past Age of Apocalypse, it's a downward slope until 98, but then things really pick up again. So, I, yeah, you know, so it's worth it. People say the 90s, but, like, I feel like what people are mostly talking about is, like, a five-year period in the yeah. middle of the 90s. Like, yeah. basically from, like, the Clone Saga to the beginning of Marvel Knights. It's like the I think, like, Guy the, era, right? Yeah, exactly. Because, like, the very beginning of the 90s, you get Marvel, you get the Infinity Saga, you get, like, you get some big, very good stories. Even Age of Apocalypse. Like, you get some really yeah. strong stuff. X-Men 1 is in there. Like, X-Men 1, 2, 3. Some really good stuff, and then uh, starting from '98, the '90s are, are over. Like the modern, mo the the modern period of uh, Marvel begins. So like it's really, I don't know, four to five years in the middle where you get the Clone Saga, you get Heroes Reborn, you get that stuff, and all of that kind of sucks. Um, but even there, I'm sure we found some some stories here and there that we liked. Um, Captain America is pretty good. Mark Wade during this uh, during this period. Like the '90s, what people think of. As the worst of the 90s, that's pretty concentrated in a period of a few years only. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I don't think the 90s are, as a whole, as bad as people think for Marvel, at least for Marvel stories. Yeah. And I, I, I just sign off on what Dave said. It's the, the MMY method makes it a lot. Like, 97, yeah. we, have, we do two episodes for 1997, <laughs> right? Like, Dave finds what's interesting to talk about there, and there's some stuff. But, you know, we're also just cutting out a lot of mediocre stuff so taking out the masochism out of the yeah. out of the journey you know i yeah. think in a lot of yeah. ways yeah, yeah yeah right and uh and you're all welcome 
I, I appreciate your thanks. <laughs> uh, Tyler asks, and this is an interesting question. This is, probably the, this is probably the one I thought about the most. Do you think your taste in comic books has changed appreciably since you started doing the podcast? In our case, four long years ago. Charlotte, in your case, about a year ago. Has stuff you once liked become annoying or vice versa? Zach, let's throw it to you. Um, I think <laughs> I think something that's deeply annoying to hear, and I uh, will I can totally own that this is probably obnoxious uh, to listen to, but there's a lot of stuff that I have slightly less tolerance for in the moment and then as time passes after we've read it and talked about it mm. i start getting more affection for it. so like mm. the claremont x-men stuff i have like softened on i think it's you know it's a little bit of the mmy method of reading it right like the pace that we have to read for the club you know like makes me like stuff less because i'm like shoving it down my throat um well we'll like you're both I, like having to read it at a pretty high ca cadence and skipping yeah. stuff. Which I think is, like, it's more the cadence for me yeah. than like skipping stuff necessarily. It's like the, okay, I have to read 12 issues of this this week, right? Yeah. So I think that's true of both stuff like the Claremont X-Men, which I've appreciated more going back to and reading at a slower pace, and the 60s stuff specifically. So like 60s stuff, like Kirby, which I think I liked at the time, but like I had less tolerance for sitting and reading like 16 issues of Kirby at the time. Um, now I go back to it and I'm like, this is great. Like, it's really, really good stuff. But I think I probably let my frustration bubble through more and appreciated it less than I should have. Um, I think because of how much we had to read it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's really the big thing that's changed. Oh, in Spider-Man. I remember you and I, Dave, being like, Spider-Man, we love him. He's our favorite. Like, I just adore this guy. And now I'm kind of like, ah, I don't know. I'm kind of out. On him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I can see that. Um, Charlotte, has your taste changed in any manner since you started? It hasn't been as long. I don't know if my taste has changed exactly. I do think, like, I've definitely become more critical of comics as as I joined the podcast. Even, like, the, the podcast started. I started listening to the podcast right when you guys began. But, like, I was 18. <laughs> so yeah, sure. I also, like, just by becoming an adult, I've also... My... my critical ability also has evolved i guess sure yeah um so and that has evolved with the podcast because like i've read a lot of comics as a result of listening and then joining the podcast mm -hmm. um so my i guess yeah my journey to to being a more critical reader has been intertwined with uh with the with the my marvelous here list and approach um i don't like i don't think i have any actual examples of comics my uh, like where my opinion has changed widely uh in that like either comic i dislike that i learned to like or the opposite way around there are comics that i didn't get the appeal to and reading them again for for my year, I, I like i finally saw that even like watchmen i i, I read watchmen once when i was 15 and then later was when i was like 17 or 18 mm -hmm. and i think like the first time I, I actually got watchmen was reading it for for extra issues last year yeah um which i made for made for a really really interesting episode um and i think there are some marvel comics uh, that uh, are on there too I mean, like just the early stuff having the context of my marvel year for for that uh, Silver Age, uh, 80s stuff helps widely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think like both context and just developing uh, critical spirits has been uh, has been my journey in my most here. Right. 
Right. No, that makes sense. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, approaching approaching these knowing you're going to talk about them in depth and and you know, it's it's a very different experience than being like, okay, this is solid. I'll put it on the list, and you know, just being yeah. like, yeah, this is good. Read it, right? As opposed to having a 20, 30 minute conversation about what does and doesn't work. It definitely does lend itself more towards. I mean, it lends itself towards criticism, and people often interpret criticism as being critical, as being negative, um, which is one half of the coin, right? Criticism is also dissecting what works and trying to articulate that as well, which is often harder, I think. Um, but either way, you know, just the nature of, of having conversations about all these comics, it encourages trying to think of ways to talk about them that aren't just, oh, yeah, it's good, read it, you know, because that's, that's not an interesting conversation. So I think that's the biggest thing that changes in terms of, like, how I approach them. I think with the Marvel Universe, it, that doesn't, that hurts a lot of the work, you know, because I think there's a lot of mediocrity that can be, held up because of its importance continuity wise right or because of of the meaning it adds to an encyclopedia entry um but then as far as like actual comics work right when you have a a longer conversation about it it's like oh well that that's actually not that good of a read and and structurally and craft wise it doesn't do that much um and then there's just i mean definitely my tastes in comics and my approach has changed considerably since I finished a run through My Marvelous Year the first time, you know, which I've talked about before, and I try not to harp on too much, but it is just like, I kind of think you can only, I kind of think you can only be in the mode of superhero obsession like this once, frankly, um, in a short span at least. And I I did mine. I did my tour, you know? Um, and, And now that I'm out of it, it's kind of all... A little more cold and calculating so i'm i'm less interested in trying to approximate the positivity and thrill that i felt the first time because that's just not honest anymore um and i don't need to uh that said it has been really interesting a reapproach like going through the 2000s again is definitely the thing that i was most interested to do because i didn't reread these for the mime Marvel Sheer club necessarily so it's been longer since i've read them so there's a healthier gap in the 2000 comics, but what that means is I'm like, I have no idea which direction it's going to go in terms of am I still going to love this or is this going to be like a total disaster, right? And we've had examples of each now as we've recorded a little bit to, through 2003, like the, the Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malieve Daredevil stuff. I've been like, oh, yeah, cool. This is great. I, there's a reason I love this. Um, and then like, you know, Charlotte, we talked about the Peter David written Captain Marvel stuff where I was like, yeah. oh, this does not hit like I thought it would. Um, or like I thought it did when I read it, whatever, almost a decade ago. So that that is, in, you know, and, and uh, um, Ecstatics is another good example where I'm just like, no, I love this. And I, I get to, now I'm excited because I get to talk about why I think this works so well, you know. So those moments are really encouraging. But, yeah, I mean, I think just like the biggest difference taste-wise and, and kind of where I'm at wise is like when I was doing this the first time, you know, I'd be reading all sorts of Marvel comics on Marvel Unlimited around this era whether or not they were a part of the club and now it's like no i will read what i have to but in the interim i'm not touching marvel unlimited i'm reading a billion other things uh-huh. um, yeah. Yeah, and same. i think that's a healthier <laughs> place yeah. <to> be. <laughs> it's so it's interesting because your talk about like you know being less uh like enthused i guess or just having that like 
excitement about reading it uh is like it's just not how i really like approach it so like i don't think you've ever had that experience and i think that that is one of the biggest differences between you and probably a lot of our readers sure i would imagine are are definitely going through that like the thrill of the obsession and i don't think that's something that you share well the thing is like i I mean you know like i feel like yeah, I don't want to sound defensive here, but, like, people might think that I like to rag on comics. I, like, m- some of the most fun I have on this show is when I fall hard for something, right? Like, because I think when something's excellent, it's, like, more fun to talk about, you know? Like, the, the things that I get really excited for, like, honestly, like, it, it's all the, the straight down the middle, like, this is okay. Stuff that, like, is the hardest to talk about, right? I think you, you were kind of saying that, but, like... If something's really bad, you know, it's easier to, like, trash. Or if it's really good, there's stuff to say about it. But, like, a lot of Marvel is just kind of like, this is okay. It works. It's, you know. like I mean, I kind of feel that about the Wade Moringo Fantastic Four. I feel like our conversation around that, um, I think that's coming next week. It, something I totally enjoyed. having Like, I had fun with it. I really like it. I don't have any strong criticisms. But I also don't have... Um, the same feeling like ecstatics where I was like, okay, there's a lot to chew on. Like I can really break down like what is great about this, like from a a craft point of view. So like, yeah, stuff that I love is like what I love to, what's the most fun to talk about for sure. But Mm -hmm. no, I don't have that kind of like, this is just the first time I'm reading something new and I'm excited talking about it. Um, Although I like revisiting stuff more than you, Dave, that's something like, Something I love, I'd be more excited to like revisit and talk about a second time because I feel like the second time through, I'm getting even more out of it, and I can kind of examine it um, with a little bit more distance, right? Like Charlotte and I covered Watchmen uh, for extra issues, in that like that you know third or fourth reading, whatever it was, was like the most exciting for me. Like revisiting yeah. something I'm familiar with with a critical lens. Um, that was one of the most exciting episodes we've done. So. Both of you um, talking up extra issues, Watchmen episode. Speaking folks, of which, check it <laughs> out. Speaking of extra issues, it's uh, you know, it's gonna shut my marvelous year down. It's uh, you know, it's coming for my marvelous year. That's the goal, you know. My marvelous year is, is aiming for uh, call me daddy. Extra issues is aiming for my marvelous year, trying to take the crown. Um, and then I have a th- third secret podcast that's aiming for both. Uh, <laughs> Charlotte will go a, solo and usurp us all. That definitely <laughs> feels like the inevitable outcome of all of this. Um, I'd be fine with that, honestly, if we shut it down. I don't think I'd be I, yeah, we know. bothered. <laughs> yeah. and, and yet I'm the only one who gets called out in iTunes reviews for... Does that oh, like boy. comic books? <laughs> when Dave is actually you know what? trying to end this. You know what, though? Like, uh. So if we shut my Marvelous Year down... Uh-huh. Then I would I would still want to gather with the both of you for some extra Aww. issues talk Aww. every now and again. Yeah, like I would well, miss. I'm excited that. you're going to come back for. I I'm not going to say what it is because we haven't uh, really announced it yet formally. But uh, we have you lined up for another episode in our next our summer season, summer 2023. Yeah. So yeah, excited. Good, Exciting. good, good, good. All right, final question, Charlotte. This one's for you. It's from Dustin. Dustin asks, Does Charlotte use voice messages as a zoomer? Mm, mm. This is this is a little Slack joke. Can I give a little context to this? Because neither of you are <laughs> in the Slack that much to yeah. see this. This needs context. Okay. Well, we were just having a conversation about like young people sending each other voice messages, and that did break down into the Slack for a couple days, turning into people not typing things to each other, but just leaving uh, voice texts in the Slack, uh, including I just have to call out here, Mormagill, long-running Slack member, doing a. In- 
impeccable Rodney Dangerfield impression that actually fooled a few of us into thinking he had just recorded a Rodney Dangerfield bit. Uh, That's amazing. Like, the first time I heard it, I thought he just had put up a, a clip of Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of people uh, just leaving voice clips in the Slack now is kind of a goof. But, yeah, I want to know. Charlotte, do you do this? Um, I hate receiving uh, voice clips and I never record voice clips I hate that you can just send me a written message the written form exists for a reason send me a written message <laughs> what about phone calls do you are you like I totally don't out on phone answer to phone calls like, <laughs> yeah, see this, what this is, is definitely this? a generational 2002 thing for sure what is this 2002 like, yeah exactly 2002 because like when I was like 15 it was like yeah we all like teens we all just talked on the phone you get on the phone the time. it's true like, we weren't texting. We were. Just, I would like, say texting just didn't pick up for me until two thousand five, two thousand six. Does that feel right, Zach? Um, it was a little later for me, probably. I was an early yeah. bloomer. Yeah. 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 I guess. Early adopter. Two thousand five, two thousand six was only like when Facebook was. No, I'd still say even later. Facebook I, was like, right then for me too. Yeah. Well, because Facebook was that was when Facebook was opening up to people like who didn't have a you know a college email it was like two thousand. 6 2007 mm-hmm. um, what a weird time you remember that when like you couldn't get on facebook unless you had a like a dot edu email address i never uh, tried were you like were you like waiting like were you on a wait list no <laughs> like, i trying to was, get it but it, it was like right around the time that i i started college uh that they opened it up so it uh-huh. didn't, like matter to me but also like remembering like i don't know charlotte this I, i'm curious to hear your like thoughts on this but dave do you remember the time where it was like like parents started joining Facebook and you were like, this is wrong. Like, this isn't like, is this allowed? Like, oh, yeah. it shouldn't be. Oh yeah. There were a lot like, of, my mother added, got Facebook, you know, three or four years after I did. It's it probably like, what, like 11, 12, I would guess around yeah, there when it started branching out from like just the kids. And you could just, uh, you could just immediately feel it like, like being ruined. Right. Like, yeah, I, like of. it was kind of a joke and er, you know, it was like, you know, your dad would be like, Oh, should I get a Facebook? Right. And it was kind of a, a joke, but then it was like, as all the parents started doing it, it was like, oh, okay, this is the downfall of this, <laughs> of this I mean, once great civilization. My mother was, you know, offended because I like, I wouldn't add her as a Facebook friend yeah, for yeah, like yeah. a year. Right. Like, it, it, I'm very close with my mother, but I was like, yeah, I post stuff that's very embarrassing to, I don't want my mom seeing it. Uh, and then, you know, I got over it. Yeah, but, I think the shift happened later in France. Like, I think yeah. p- parents really started getting to it only in like 2014, 15, maybe. Um, I think like I, I joined Facebook maybe in I must have been like thirteen or fourteen, so twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, and like no parents on th- were on there at that point. Mm. Um, yeah, well, like yeah, it didn't last long. <laughs> right, and now they now it's just parents. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that that shift of social media is interesting though, because like I I don't know, is there a social media platform that's just the kids now? Like Snapchat, uh, maybe Snapchat, TikTok. I, I mean, that's TikTok's reputation. Not, no, not TikTok. TikTok like. TikTok's full of, you know, like Gen X and even boomers. Yeah, like, but use TikTok. I, I think TikTok's like pretty like I mean teens use it a lot, but like I think it's pretty diverse in age. Yeah, I think um, Snapchat is the one that's still like that still retains an audience of the same age, even mm-hmm. like even though it's ten years old at this point. Yeah, like I aged out of TikTok and like yeah. haven't used it in you know, eight years or not TikTok, uh Snapchat. Yeah. You sent me a TikTok yesterday, you liar. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm, I'm on TikTok. Yes, I meant Snapchat. Clearly. You're both going to enjoy this. The biggest impediment to me adopting Instagram and TikTok is I have the hardest time logging in 
and I can never, I can never log in like on my, it's like I get logged out and I can never get back in. So then I just don't use Instagram or TikTok. It is the oldest person reason. Like I need a young person to guide me through getting no back into these apps. Just, it's just an account. Like what do it's, you mean? Listen, I, I understand how it should not be hard. Uh -huh. And yet I can't do it. Like you sent me that TikTok yesterday, Zach. I could uh -huh. not open it on my phone. Like <laughs> yeah, I, think I could not figure phone, it out. So I tried. I just yeah. had to do it on desktop. Yeah, it works. If you, sending links to just open up a single one. If you're not logged in, you have to be on the browser. So if you try to do it on a phone, I think. Logins it, yeah. are a huge impediment to aging dads. I just oh think God, people just, don't talk enough about Just this. use like your Google, right? Like let link I, your Gmail. But then like my Google sign in is not where I originally set up the account. So it doesn't have any of the people <laughs> I follow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I cannot get back into my TikTok account and I may never. Well, that's fine. That's, if anyone yeah, can fine. help me, please send a letter with instructions, and I will happily uh, get back in. And you can join us at Mamos here on social media and at Coming Book Herald <laughs> if you want to. Thank you, Charlotte. Uh, Dave? Yeah, on the cool social media platform, Twitter, which is definitely exactly. having a normal yep. one. Right what now. should a... Oh, my gosh. What should a, a Comic Book Herald slash Mamos here TikTok account do? Um... Probably not. Exist. I don't know, like <laughs> fun, little four-panel, uh, you know, like voiceovers for comics. I think do funny voiceovers. I mean, we're not good at it, but uh, it's a good comic. I, I've seen a, most most comic TikTok. I used to follow comic TikTok, and I don't anymore. Is kind of just like YouTube, where it's just like, you know, I bet you didn't know about the time that Wolverine was pregnant with twins, and then like you know, ex comic explainer kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of that stuff. I think which those, I guess is, I mean, MMY I guess has a an explainer bent that I don't mind because mm -hmm. I feel like I'm talking to people who I have thoroughly encouraged to have read the comics. Mm -hmm. So I think generally in our conversations, you know, the explaining bits are the smallest percentage of the conversation, right? It's it's background, so it makes sense if you haven't, but like purely just like saying and this happened and this happened and this happened is i just don't want to be any part of that i just like reading comics too much to to validate that uh okay we should uh, we should wrap it up i'd like to talk more about comics explained on youtube <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you both for joining me today it's been a pleasure you can find us you. at patreon.com slash my this year charlotte already announced the socials music is about disaster piece 2003 part one issues in the show notes check them out and read along with us we'll see you next year see you next year, next year.